The following podcast may contain inappropriate language, sexual content, and spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the Gonzo.moe no-name anime show. I have the weird instinct to play an air horn here, but I do not have one. So Mm. uh, thoughts and prayers to the air horn manufacturers. Uh, I'm joined by Noel and Kyle. How are you doing, Noel? Hey, what's going on? It's Noel. I played Edward Forty Hands for the first time yesterday. That's a game what is this uh, oh you know. mean we, you actually taped 40s to your hands yes we were doing <laughs> oh my a, god we were doing a twitch stand-up comedy live stream and part of it was uh you had to do edward 40 hands while you did your set jesus christ yeah yeah you've you've been a you've been a busy boy lately doing a lot of stand-up i'm seeing it on instagram more often than i feel like i used to or am i just (laughs) are you just posting about it more than you did uh yeah part like both of those nice kyle tell me about your stand-up career Oh boy. Uh, I mean, I think if we're going to talk about my stand-up career, I should do some 40 hands first. If you know what I mean? <laughs> waka waka. Oh well, I'm uh, JP fake beer hands. So how, how the mighty have fallen. I don't know what I'm saying anymore. This is an anime podcast in theory. Uh, we do this every other week. It is a discussion type show. We got your news. We got your reviews. Uh, we don't have anything that you can use. We are useless. If you want more podcasts, you can go on to Google Podcasts. You can go on to Apple Podcasts. We're on Stitcher. We're on Spotify. You just have to search gonzo.moe. Uh, you can also go to our website where everything that we have done is hosted, I guess. I think the feed, I say 50, but I think it might actually just be the last 25 episodes. Uh, and for those who care, I have actually been doing time code notes lately hmm. uh, because I found, uh, I know that AI is a bad word, but I found a website that like a robot listens to your podcast and then spits out time code notes <laughs> and they're not good, but it's a good starting point. So I just go through them and pick the ones that I think are relevant and actually make sure the time code's correct. It's pretty all right for free it's called decipher uh some of the notes that it spits out are pretty funny because uh, it like it you know it's just using like uh word recognition and it's like the two hosts talked about this but uh there was one episode where we were all talking about like what kind of tea we're drinking <laughs> and the robot loved that it's like this is the mm-hmm. anime sleepy boys show Vinny has a lot of tea <laughs> <laughs> all right it's tea time there we uh, go so- that's <laughs> we finally found our name the anime sleepy boy show yeah uh so for those that were interested in the anime club i didn't forget about that i just didn't want to do it 
during the Super Bowl. Right. Uh, also, I wasn't home. Uh, but uh, I am you still thinking about Super Bowl. I was at the Super Bowl. I was one of the people with a private jet. Uh, yes, but I am you... still thinking about it. Uh, I think I'm going to make it smaller, though, because the more I think about it, a two-hour anime club that we do weekly just sounds like it's going to quickly feel like a job. So I think I might just have it be a two-episode thing, and maybe instead of try to watch a whole show, uh, we rotate shows. Uh, like, hey, let's check out the first episode of this. Let's check out this. Sounds uh, I more think manageable. that might be a more... Yeah, it sounds like it'd be like a more fluid, especially like if you, you know, let's say you, we hate a show. I don't want to make yeah. everybody feel like we have to watch all of it. So, Or let's say like one of us enjoys a show and everybody else hates it, like Licorice Recoil. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or Buddy <laughs> that Daddy. That, that one person can continue watching while everybody else is wrong. <laughs> well, it, I think it also, it, it could be fun for like when new shows are coming out it could be a fun way to sample you know all the different oh, yeah, shows definitely. like do it in a group yeah. setting uh, so i still want to do that i just haven't sat down to like make a poster or whatever uh we have some bad bad news to report but i felt like it was maybe irresponsible to pretend like this didn't happen hmm. even though it's not i don't know it's not fun stuff like this is like the fun jokey show uh, right. not the serious news show uh, so, so breaking a, news working yeah. to restore power this is <laughs> this is an ongoing problem so if you have been in the anime twitter scene for uh, i don't know the last couple of years at least uh, there was a person named hazukari that was uh, called out for allegations of, I believe, sexual assault and like verbal abuse. I don't know all the details. I barely knew this person. Uh, I met them like once at a con. Uh, we were mutual followers on Twitter, but I didn't really interact with them a ton. Unfortunately, I did. Uh, I I wasn't great great friends with them, but uh, I met them many times and uh, in person and. Uh, still feel really gross about the whole thing. I did interact with them a few times here on Twitter, uh, just through around the time of the first anime NYC, uh, they were doing like a, a thing where it's like, Hey, I'm spending $400 on FGO to see if I can get this, this rare character. And I was like, yeah, let's, let's see how this goes. Yeah. I, the cliff notes is they were very popular in the anime twitter scene they seem to insert themselves into every conversation they were always at the you know con parties and you know after the allegations came out uh, they were very quickly ostracized uh, and then shortly after that the vic mignana thing kind of overshadowed it and people forgot about hazu uh, but every i don't know maybe six months or so somebody finds their like newest you know alias on twitter and the cycle repeats in reminding people to be careful and it's been maybe once or twice that i've seen them attempt to go to conventions again uh, and they they always get called out and the most recent time that this happened was in january i believe at magfest 
And uh, this was a pretty big uh, thing on Twitter. You know, people were contacting MAGFest and warning them like, hey, you know, this person has a history of assaulting con goers, uh, specifically LGBT con goers and MAG staff, MAG staff, uh, MAGFest uh, security, at least I hear all of the secondhand said, well, they haven't hurt anybody at our event, so we can't just kick them out. Uh, so they didn't do anything. And it has come to light uh, through a tweet from, oh goodness, their uh, their name is abbreviated uh, on my notes, but uh, there was an alleged assault and there is a police report from MAGFest. So uh, really fucked up. Uh, I don't assume MAGFest is going to be held accountable for this, but they absolutely have blood on their hands. This is like really fucked up that they were warned about this, did nothing, and then it happened. Uh, we don't have the details of what happened. Uh, the person that was affected uh, wishes to remain private. Uh, my understanding is that this has already been handled out of court. Uh, mm. In a way, the the Twitter thread says that they're satisfied with the results of it because I think it resulted in a restraining order that if broken, Hazu could either suffer fines or jail time. I'm not really sure. Uh, but they are legally not allowed to go to conventions that this person also is attending, which is a step in the right direction. Uh, but super fucked up. And totally preventable. I mean, people uh, literally stepped up so, to prevent yeah. this. Not just, I mean, uh, you know, people, a lot of people reached out to the con. They said, oh, get us a victim. A victim actually reached out and they said, our hands are tied. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't expect anything to change because that's just how the world is. And I'm really kind of soured by how everything operates. But this really should be like the... I don't know, like a definitive moment of like, hey, cons actually need to do their fucking job. If you're going to run an event where you have thousands of people, uh, you know, thousands of people that include minors and other, you know, marginalized communities. Well, is it con staff or is it venue staff? Because those are whoever is in charge of security. Right. You know, whether it be the venue security or the con security, somebody had the power to tell Hasu to go fuck themselves. You know, it's it's a private ticketed event. Like, get out of here. You want your money back? Your ticket's no good here. You know, it's no different than getting kicked out of a restaurant. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and it just seemed like this, I don't know, like innocent until proven guilty, like bullshit. Like, well, I didn't see it happen. So what do you want me to do? Kind of a, an approach to security. It's like, what's the point of even having security if they're not right. going to do their jobs? Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's, it's bad. Or at least investigate it, you know, have, have the person, uh, you know, tell their story and then go talk. I, I don't know. The, the fact that nothing was done and that this happened should be a wake up call that like these conventions aren't doing a good enough job and they've just gotten lucky for too long. And a lot of them don't get lucky. We just don't hear about the stories that happen. Absolutely, yeah. Anyway, uh, to move on to something more uh, fun to talk about, but right. I, you know, I just I, I had to bring that up. 
because it's just fucking ridiculous. And, you know, we're obviously, we thought we were doing enough to prevent this to hap- from happening again. And it sounds like we need to try even harder. Uh, but this next one is a tweet from, I believe, a listener. I think at the very least, uh, I want to say their partner. I don't know their relationship <laughs> totally, but I, I know uh, that this is a longtime uh, mutual follower, Keikaku Cat. Uh, they were talking about uh, Ranking of Kings on Twitter and how it seems to have faded into obscurity. Uh, and they said, uh, that, you know, no fan art, no discussion, just a flavor of the month shown in fantasy that came and went, no lasting impact whatsoever. And I wanted to talk about that at length, not necessarily in the context of Ranking of Kings, which is still like, at least on my Crunchyroll app, shown as the main splash every time I open it up. Hmm. Uh, that might be because I'm watching it, uh, but it also shows Attack on Titan, which I'm not watching. Right. Uh, but just kind of in general, how people consume media, uh, specifically anime, and we could talk about manga as well. Uh, my immediate reaction to this is that the way that we've consumed media has changed in a way that it doesn't facilitate lasting hits so much anymore. And that's not even necessarily because of how they're just pumping out as much as possible. That's obviously a contributing factor, but with the getting things immediately on demand kind of lifestyle that we've become used to, it's very easy to forget about things quicker uh, because, you know, you can watch something all in one day. You know, a lot of things are are released with a binge format in mind, right. like Grappler Baki. Uh, Ranking of Kings, not so much because that was a week to week, but uh, Summertime Rendering was dropped on Hulu the entire series. Yeah. So you conceivably could have watched that in a day or two, depending on how determined you are. Right. Uh, but well, also... I feel like specifically with ranking of Kings, uh, a lot of what happened with that is I know that a lot of people were soured on it with the second half of the show. I know that just like the, the pacing of the second, uh, half, as well as just the, the nature of like episode 19. Yeah. Like a lot of people talked about, uh, when that dropped, uh, just, just really turned off turned a lot of people off and that's what led to it kind of like falling out of good graces but you you are definitely correct that like uh it seems like the fact that we have so much stuff that is like day of and so much stuff is just being produced on such a high level that people just like they watch their 12 episodes this season and then it's just on to whatever else drops in that time slot the following week the the manga speaking specifically of ranking of kings was also handled very poorly on the north american side oh yeah definitely yeah they got a what digital only release i want to say on like comic or something it that was a machine translation i want to say it was bookwalker and yeah it was a machine translation so yeah, a lot of stuff was very like all your base and shit like that. I'm I'm really surprised that that didn't get like a Viz or a you know even I don't know like Udon does some nicer releases like that. Really felt right. like a 
it should have gotten like a hardcover, like sort of release. like some kind of a prestige thing, like a summertime like what magazine. Did it run in? Oh, I don't know. I think it might have been a web comic. Okay. I I I do not know the manga side of ranking of kings, but the other thing that I think a lot of people fail to remember, just because we've gotten so used to it, is a lot of anime had its lifespan officially uh, artificially lengthened uh, because we would watch these shows uh, in different waves. You know, there'd be the fan subber crowd watching it first. You'd have the Blu-ray and DVD crowd. Well, probably the DVD and VHS crowd uh, watching it next. And then if it was a big show like full metal alchemist, you'd have the tsunami uh, slash adult swim crowd. And this cycle would last over you know three four five years sometimes depending on the length of the show and how long it took to to come out i mean for fuck's sake think about how you know bleach it took years before we got bleach on uh, television in north america to the point where it was like you know at least a hundred episodes ahead in the fan sub world so that's absolutely gonna inflate the lifespan uh, but also, Bleach then continued uh, to stay in people's minds through repeats. Mm. Whereas our primary source of anime is no longer Adult Swim. So, you know, you're not going to get that repeat thing unless it's something that you choose specifically to watch multiple times. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, like if, if Cowboy Bebop came out right now, would it have the same impact if all things considered equal, it was the exact same show? Probably not. We'd all watch nah, it once, say it was good, yeah. and then move on. Yeah, it would be like a 25-episode watch, and then, hey, what what comes on Notamina in this time slot in, like, January? That's what we're going to watch now. Yeah. You know, we, we like Cowboy Bebop not just because it was a good show, but because it was airing on Adult Swim for like a fucking decade. Yeah. It was always on. Mm. I think that's true to a point, but I was weirdly thinking of Cowboy Bebop 2 because I know when I got into anime, which would have been around, you know, 2008, that's when I seriously got into anime. Mm. Uh, like people were still telling me like, oh, you should watch Cowboy Bebop. And that was, you know, a decade old at that point, right? More but was it people that grew up watching it on Toonami telling you this? No, it was, was just it like a- people. Like I, I you know, uh, I don't know. I, I went online and was just like, what should I watch? And it was like very high on the list. I mean, the first two anime I, I ever watched, like start to finish, and I knew they were anime, and I was into anime, were Evangelion and then Cowboy Bebop in that order. Bro, you should watch Cowboy Bebop. It's not like other anime. But like compare I th- that I think to the anime landscape like today, right? I mean, have you guys seen have you guys gone to like a mainstream anime website and looked at their best anime list? Now when you say a mainstream anime website, do you mean like Like one now that's or? not their main focus is not anime. I'm talking about like, I don't know, IGN, their best anime oh, list. Okay, or like okay. Kotaku yes, or yes, something. yes. Yeah, it's all stuff from like 15 years ago because that's all the people <laughs> the who writers wrote that are people article like have seen. No, no, it's like no. If you go to it, it's even weirder. Um, you get a mix of stuff that was on Toonami, and then you get a time jump to like what is happening now with like barely anything mm. in between. Because okay, usually it's like a, I it's it can be different if it's one staff writer, but a lot of them it's like we quizzed around the 
you know, the offices and here's what we came up with. And it's half new people who are just like, oh, this is what's on. And that's the best thing. And it's half yeah. people who, again, like haven't been paying attention for a decade. We you asked know? Derek from the mail room what his favorite anime is. And he said, gee, Gundam Wing. You know, it's I wonder if there's like an anime Dark Ages between Toonami leaving and coming back. You know, like if or I mean, Toonami getting canceled, Crunchyroll, you know, getting mainstream and then Toonami coming back because that I would mean, explain I'm, the gap. I'm sure if you ask people, they will say that there was, but in actuality, it was really just more effective. Like nothing good came out. Nah, it was really just more of a fact of like they only watched what was like readily available to them and once that became more than just uh changing the channel to to cartoon network they were just like all right cool i guess i just don't watch anime anymore yeah you know? well that, that's kind of what i'm saying is that when that was no longer an option to watch anime but then it came back and now anime was on tv again um, but I, I, I wonder if I maybe misspoke. Uh, I, I just brought up Cowboy Bebop because it's considered a beloved classic. I wasn't yeah. implying that it wasn't good. I'm just saying because it came out in that atmosphere of always on TV, that it would make sense why it is in people's hearts to this day. It, it, it I, just, I don't think, but you said you kind of spoke a little bit about peak TV, but like that's absolutely the biggest problem, right? I mean, Look at live action, right? I mean, uh, what, like a decade ago, AMC could release Mad Men and that could become like a gigantic hit for the network and Mm -hmm. put them on the map in a way that they weren't before. Whereas now, you know, like, goodness, there's so much good TV on that if you were only to watch like the top, I don't know, one or two shows per channel, like odds are you're watching some really great shows, but there's just too much for anybody to be going around at all, right? Like, I think that it's like, I know that you said it was important, but like, I want to double emphasize how important that is. Right. I mean, and Cowboy Bill came out, like it was a great show, like no doubt, but like what else was like at quote unquote, it's level. Whereas now, whatever you think of the quality of anime, like, I know, like I, I do think there's a lot more stuff that's at least like, Oh, like this is just generally good. Yeah. Or, you know what I mean? Like, or like at whatever the quality level that people expect, right? I think also it helped that because we weren't getting everything, we were getting a more curated thing. Like, oh, yeah, that's definitely true. There's, there's no denying that. Uh, I'm not sure what the, what the like video game isekai of the 90s was. But I'm sure it definitely existed. I'm sure there were like five shows like it coming out every season alongside Love Hina. Yeah. There we go. Bam. You know, you might have got, you you actually might have hit it on the head because now I'm thinking and yeah, like your your Love Hina clones were definitely prominent in the 90s and the early 2000s. Yeah, I just like I think if if I wasn't allowed to watch How to Raise a Boring Girlfriend. <laughs> which is surprisingly good. Uh, But if I wasn't allowed to watch How to Raise a Boring Girlfriend, if I could only watch, I don't know, what's the best anime of the last few years? Like Ranking of Kings. Licorous Recoil. Great Pretender. How how dare you? (laughs) What? Uh, 
So you're saying me and Hideo Kojima are completely wrong. Thank you. <laughs> well, you know, if you want to put it at that way, I won't argue with you. Yeah. Fair enough. But yeah, I would I would have them I would hold, you know, the good shows in a lot higher regard if I wasn't allowed to watch all the garbage. <laughs> you know, think about the anime that we watched in high school, like you're watching Trigun, you're watching Lane, Inuyasha, Yu Yu Hakusho, Cowboy Bebop. Lupin the Third was the show that I considered bad. Now, now you know? JP. Yeah, that's a lot to admit. <laughs> don't don't no, forget I'm just what saying, I said. Like, if Lupin the Third was the bottom of the barrel for me, like that was a pretty good fucking time to be around. Now, JP, remember what I said during the last no name show about like overly romanticizing the stuff you watched in eighth grade. I liked all, I, I've watched all of those shows recently. Right. <laughs> Trigun. Are you telling me Trigun's not still good? I watched no, that. I'm saying it's good. I'm just saying, don't get too lost in the sauce. Oh and, no, no, no. I'm not like- saying that it was, I'm not saying that that was all good. I'm saying that because it was a curated list, you know, they were only putting the what they considered the best of the best on TV. Right. That's the access that I had. Okay. I wasn't getting to watch every, you know, I wasn't getting to watch like the 15th Tenshi clone. Right. Or, yeah. Uh, you know, all the garbage OVAs that came out. <laughs> we were just getting good OVAs like Uratsuki Doji and Demon City Shinjuku. <laughs> I don't know if that was an OVA. <laughs> I mean, Ertsuki Doji is pretty cool. Oh my god. Go to my eBay to get Demon Beast Invasion Volume 1 <laughs> from the creator of Ratsuki Doji, The Legend of the Overfiend. Why they're letting me sell porn? I don't know. Oh shoot, I'm thinking of something different. I'm thinking of the, the OVA that came like packaged with uh with Mazen Kaiser. What what uh there was Shuten like, Doji? Yes, that's what I'm thinking of. <laughs> yeah, Ratsuki Doji is about an uh, alien demon I, that um, fuzzle dumplings people to death. Yeah, I I know what Ratsuki Doji is. I just got that confused with <laughs> Shuten Doji. I think in episode two, someone chops someone's dick off. It's great. Cool. Uh. Not to <laughs> totally detract, but I read the fifth volume of Fire Punch today. Nice. And there is a character. I won't go too in-depth because it involves a spoiler. Uh, but a character gets mad at somebody and says, give me your dick. I'm going to cut your dick off. That's my dick now. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it's, inc- right. it's like the best manga ever. All right, but one last thing also. Uh, I think this is something we, we haven't mentioned, but, I mean, just our communication methods, right? I mean, there were mm. forums back then. Yeah. Now you have Twitter. Right. That's It's for now. the worst thing for, like, what we're describing of, like, creating a community based around this thing. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah, definitely. Like, you're mm. only seeing what's happening now. So, of course, people are only talking oh, yeah. about what's happening now. And the moment it's not happening, it's, oh, like, that was yesterday. Like, you'll, I'll never see that, what happened to my feed yesterday. Yes, you you don't have, like, a curated thing where you specifically are talking about this, this show from the 90s. Like, if there, was a, if there was a forum right now that I knew that, like, wasn't full of, like, probable assholes... Um, you know, like I would go and I would talk about Mushishi right now or any other number of series that like, I love. I would love yeah. to have you know those what? conversations yeah. with people. 
But that's also like a fantastic point. Like of the the like forum sites that still exist in this day, they are like inhabited by like real shitheads. Yeah, it's well, it's like Nazis and tech support. Yeah, but you know, like, but there used to <laughs> be like actual Nazis. like great conversation. You know, or at least like people who were like on the level, right? Like, like oh, like I I went to oneup.com and I was a big person on there, and I like had like a curated group and it was awesome for a time. Right. Until that went away, just like all good things on the internet. will. Um, I was the king of one up.com. You know, I opened the door and they just gave me a mushroom, but it, it is self-selecting <laughs> to a degree, right? Like, yeah, um, yeah, no, you yeah. Make a point. like there is, there and, and, is a level where like you can curate those communities and like, you really can't do that uh, the same way. And with like, modern social media and discord you is we- you know like i do like discord in some ways but it's not a replacement because like it's so much more conversational yeah right you're telling me that we need a gonzo.moe forum yes like would any of us actually put po- it would just be us three <laughs> it would, yeah it would be it would be us three maybe it would be a uh, tone dog yeah i could see ruby showing up once in a while to talk about bofuri right or pretty cure or pretty cure. Yes. I see you, Ruby. You know, this is totally unrelated because we made the Nazi forum joke. So I'm watching The Last of Us, and I got to the Bill and Frank episode. And there's, uh, I think I have their names backwards. Uh, I think Bill is the like the doomsday prepper one, and Frank is the more chill one. In the game, you never meet Frank because he's already dead. Mm. Uh, but in the TV show... Uh, it shows you like the history of their relationship. And Frank at one point is like, Bill, you need to chill out. When I met you, you were doing all these conspiracy theories and saying that the government is full of Nazis. And he's like, the government is full of Nazis. And he says, well, (laughs) I mean, they are now, but when you were screaming it, it wasn't true. (laughs) (laughs) Like the best line of dialogue. I almost shouted it. Anyway, uh, I wanted to talk about the Crunchyroll Awards uh, before we get into summertime rendering. Okay. They have announced their presenter list, and it is very silly to me. Hmm. But I wonder if it's just I'm a grouchy old man, because it's all like celebrities and movie directors and pro athletes. There's no like Japanese voice actors. There's no like anime directors. It's just celebrities that like anime. Okay. So I've been thinking about this as I've been like uh, looking through this, through this list of presenters and the problem that arises uh, when it comes to that, why there's no like uh, Japanese voice actors or like directors on here is will the audience that is watching the anime awards know who those people are? Because, like, from where I'm standing, I don't really give a shit about the Anime Awards. No, I don't either, but... Like, yeah, like, I feel like this is made for the the very casual viewer who watches, like, the first five things that show up on the Crunchyroll queue. Which is why all the nominees are just that. So... That's a fair point. Yeah. So really, I feel like they're going to, this list makes sense because you have Juju Smith Schuster who like 
he's the wide receiver for the Kansas City Chiefs, who just won the Super Bowl. Uh, Zelina Vega, who's the uh, WWE wrestler, she's she's like a prominent and out like big time anime fan. Like if you look through her her like timeline on her Instagram and stuff, there's always references to like Naruto and things like that. And we have two YouTubers that were in Tokyo nine or whatever that baseball anime was. And these last two are, are like big, like streamers and like YouTube celebrities, which once again, like I don't really follow streamers, but like if you're, I don't know, a 20 year old dude who like just watches attack on Titan and that's it. And then the rest of your time is spent like watching VTubers or some shit. You're going to know who these two are. What I think is funny specifically about the streamers is how they're framed. It says, hmm. uh, Saikuno, one of the largest streamers on YouTube. And then it says Valkyrie, one of the biggest female streamers. But if you look at the numbers they present, Valkyrie has what? 3 million more subscribers than the other person but like the way it's framed is like, well, she's big for a girl. It's right. like, but she is more than the other dude. Mm. Like by a well, magnitude. Is she on YouTube gaming? Like, I'm not sure. I, think I don't know these, where I she think these two are from. I think these two are like business partners. Ah, okay. uh, because when I was looking in the replies, a lot of people were like excited about them as a duo. Uh, but they also, they were both on the same anime together on the same like baseball team in that show, uh, which oh, I okay. can't remember what tribe nine. Is that what it was called? Yes. Yes. The, right. the, the death by baseball show. Yeah. From the, the friggin' Danganronpa people. They had a lot of YouTube people on that. Cause corpse husband was also in that. Right. Uh, the Robert Rodriguez one, I, I can get because, uh, he, he directed, uh, what was it? Battle Angels of Alita, right? Get the Wachowskis. Wait, what? I mean, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I guess so. But yeah, like Robert Rodriguez, <laughs> I can understand because like Alita is that one movie that everyone's like, oh man, that's finally a good anime adaptation she has anime hollywood eyes. theme think about film it. even though i think that movie kind of sucks but <laughs> like, give me jordan peele you know what yeah that would well can they afford jordan peele that's that's the other big question this is the super bowl of anime the super bowl doesn't pay its performers <laughs> <laughs> well it, it, what's what's funny about this specifically not having japanese guests and i guess we don't know that they don't they just might right. not have been announced mm-hmm. is it's being held in Japan. So they're either bringing all these people over on zoom or flying them all out to Japan. Okay. I, I want to like, say one I thing. I, I think it's worth uh, paying attention to the fact that they're not doing what I would fear they would do, which is, you know, Sony owns Crunchyroll. Like Robert Rodriguez did uh, a lead a battle angel movie, but that is a 20th century Fox joint. Hmm. So, like, this isn't just Sony going, all right, looking around the studio, like, who has a Saturday off, you know? Hmm. Yeah, well, but you don't necessarily have a, an allegiance to one studio unless oh, you have I'm a multi. Like, you know, like, I think that's what, like, you know, 
that, that's kind of what people would be fearing with the recent like corporate takeover of just like, yeah. all right, this is going to become like yeah. a, oh, wow, like we're presenting the newest uh, Sony picture. And here's like, I don't know, our five up and coming stars. We want to like get their name out before their new yeah. movie. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. but it seems like some of these people, like at least they all have at least a tangential connection to anime like one of the people yeah and they all have like their their quote about how they are they love anime you know or some of them i mean a lot of these people have worked on anime to some degree like one person their list doesn't list any anime but then if you actually click on their credits it says they did the english dub voice for bell oh okay so i was like oh okay like why didn't why doesn't it say that in the credits like that's an actual job it should say that that's it's weird that that's not brought up yeah, but I had to click on that. But, you know, like, I, I, I'm looking at all this and it seems like, all right, like, most of these people seem to at least like anime and they have, like, some clout. And I can see why they're appealing, you know, why, why Sony and Crunchyroll trying to appeal to this demographic would be like, yeah, this is, like, someone that people recognize. And, right, you know, they can at least pull in an audience and it is it will add some prestige and well, everyone will yeah. have a good time. Yeah, Crunchyroll, you done goofed. Uh, next year, your presenters should be me, JP, Michael Tool, friend of the show, Elliot Page, uh, <laughs> and also <laughs> Kyle and Vinny. That's fair. Yeah, we'll do the Gonzo.moe no name uh, anime award show. I no joke. I thought about doing something like that because I did. I, I did a write up of like an anime awards. But I thought it'd be fun to do a ceremony next time, but it'd be so much work. Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if we did that, every award goes to Licorice Recoil. Best animation. You're fired. Best fantasy. Best, <laughs> best film, fantasy. even though it's a TV show. I know I don't pay either of you, but <laughs> give me your badge and gun. You're off the case. <laughs> there we go. There's my gun. All right. Let's best talk romance. about... It's definitely Chisato and Takina. Yeah? Yeah. I think best romance is Naruto and Sasuke. I don't know. (laughs) Who else? The Buddy Daddies. There we go. Yeah. You tried these new berries and cream starburst? Pardon me. What kind of starburst did you just say? Berries. Berries? Berries and what else? And cream. Oh! Oh! Berries and cream. Berries and cream. I'm a little lad who loves berries and cream. Berries and cream. Berries and cream. I'm a little lad who loves berries and cream. I love sushi. I love Japan, period. Mm-hmm. The tea ceremonies. J-Rock. Yeah. Garuga match. Oh, yeah. I love anime. Yeah. And manga. And gaming. Yeah. Oh, GDR. Smile DK. Sakura-kan Don't just talk about it. Check out Sakura-kan. April 10th through 12th. Check sakura-kan.org for all the details. Let's talk about summertime rendering. 
Yes. So we talked about the first half. God. It must have been three months ago. I'm not. It was before you could watch it legally outside of Japan. Right. And it recently all got dropped on Hulu kind of silently almost. And uh, we decided that this was a perfect opportunity to finish the show. Right. I watched it dubbed, which was a mistake, but it, it was. So I had a question about that because yeah. uh, you're because you're like an audio man. Uh, Is the dub bad? Yes. No, no. Just like. Because a lot of voices, some voices sound like better than others. So I'm thinking, was this recorded around the time when we were still doing like remote recordings and stuff like that? Because like Hizuru specifically, she sounds like she's underwater all the time. You know, I didn't notice that myself. I'd have to go back and listen okay. more carefully, but it's entirely possible. All right. Uh, the problem I had with the dub is that it was inconsistently acted and very poorly directed. Hmm. It was very clearly being done by a team that had very little familiarity with how to dub an anime okay. because there was a lot of what I've found out is called shatnering. And that is when people put weird pauses in oh. between phrases. Okay. It was so... Did you watch it dubbed? I I tried to, and like I said, <laughs> I I was not comfortable with it. And then there's the other issue where, like, I tried to watch it subbed, but the subs were for the dub track. Oh, my God. Infamous, yes. the worst dub titles. Disney does it again. So, the and, like, the weird thing with dub titles is that if you've watched subtitled anime long enough, it becomes where I'm not saying you can learn a language through watching anime, but certain words you pick up on certain words and phrases you pick up on. So when like the dub title will come through with something that's completely different, it takes you out for a minute. And that kept throwing me off. And also I think the, subtitles are synced wrong because they always felt like they were coming in like either too late or too early. They so were also, watching it on Hulu then. Yes. There was also so, some inconsistencies. Even with dub titles, they weren't always accurate. I made a joke. Right. I was really, really high. And I noticed <laughs> that in the dub, they said like, this was two hours ago. And in the subs, it said like, this was an hour ago. Or something, and I was like, "The woke, the wokeizers are at it again. Yep. They, they're trying to erase time. They're trying, yeah, they're trying to erase all the, you know, good time. They're trying to replace it with gay time. I'm surprised LGBT they're turning the frogs time. gay. Yes, I'm. <laughs> I'm honestly surprised that the the phrase wokeization hasn't been coined yet. Right. We we've got soiny. What about wokeization? <laughs> So eventually I just gave up and episodes 18 through 25, I just watched from the, the fan subs I had. <laughs> oh yeah. It was, it was pretty bad. Well, and like I, I dubbed it for the, through the, through the end, not to say I personally dubbed it. I'm just saying that's the act of me <laughs> watching the dub. Yeah. Yeah. It's like when you to the Google JP something. Dub track of 
it was just easier for me to watch it because it let me do other things at the same time. But one of the characters had this just goofy, like, oh, Goober. (laughs) What? They gave gave the cop and uh, the guy that has a crush on the young girl just goofy voices. I mean, he's also a young dude. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, the way you phrased it makes it sound like he's a 27-year-old. Yeah, that's was a fair. Crush. Yeah. I don't know. That's a show, like, romance is not where you're going to get satisfied for the show. I don't know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I thought uh, that the main romance works. Uh, I mean, I only watched it subbed without dub titles, but uh, I thought it worked uh, I mean, the main guy to. in Ushio kind of works, but the, yeah. his sister's in love with him, and then, that, like... I, okay, I'm not going to defend that, but, like, I do think that it's worth talking about how that is one of the things, like, the show is really weirdly subtle, and it doesn't highlight, necessarily, all the things that are fucked up with the current time that exists, like, the base time yeah. that we keep on returning mm. to. But I think that's one of the things, along with, say, like, his... Okay, so let's just talk about like the second half in general, right? Because we okay. talked about the first half. Yeah, I guess this is your last chance. We're going to free reign spoiler zone for the second half of Summertime Rendering. So if you've not watched episodes, what, 14 through 24, 26, whatever it is? 13 through 25, I think. Yeah. 13 through 25, you're listening at your own risk. Yeah, you're at the spoiler splash zone, the, the event horizon, <laughs> if you will. You're going like, to fall off the edge of time. It's like when Clarice is walking through that prison and gets cum on her. Oof. <laughs> God. Jesus. <laughs> spoiler splash zone. <laughs> Unrelated spoilers, yes. Um, so, where we left off last time in Summertime Rendering, you know, we had just seen the end of the loop, which was, oh, like, apocalypse. Or apocalyptic, right? Like, very yeah. bad time for everybody. Um, and then I think we had... Uh, and we, I mean, we return to the present and he has all this new information and we've kind of gone, Oh, like we've seen the worst case scenario and they have to kind of pick up the pieces from there. Right. And this is them more or less having figured out a plan of action or so we think, right. Things immediately go wrong. Well, he starts telling people that he can go back in time as well. Right. Yeah. Right, but and no, but, just we, but on episode him? 13, they come back and, like, that's when he discovers, that's the episode where they come back with a plan of, like, we're, we're going to fix this and we're going to get people in and we're going to start, like, actively changing it in, like, a big way. Whereas before, they'd kind of been really secretive about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's also where he figures out that he can bring that Ushio with him through yes. the loop. Yeah. So he's no longer having to, you know keep her in the loop. Now she's the one going to inform everybody. And so like, it, it makes things go much quicker, but yeah, immediately, she can just like touch people and be like, here's what's been going on. And they're fully filled in, which, but immediately yeah. the big discovery is that, Oh shit. It turns out when I got grabbed by, uh, Heine, uh, that spoiler alert again, now she can see now she has the time loop ability too. So they right. both go back and whatever you know, um, whatever Shinpei knows, he takes back to his past self. And then whatever she knows, she takes back to her past self. And so now there's this like deadly battle of, uh, what is this? I'm not, I'm not asynchronous, but just, uh, oh, it's uneven, right? Like they each, they're not coming from, like they're both coming from this weirdly complete information, but now it's this like game of 
like literally what 4d chess right right where yeah. it's like we both have the information but like how can we better utilize it well and maybe i miss because it got kind of confusing for me at a point because at, at one point she creates a doppelganger of shinpei and then it seemed that when he would travel back in time her doppelganger of him would also have his new memories from him going back in time. I don't think so. I think it's just her. Cause she remember that the whole thing about uh, getting, like if you lose a part of your body is that you have to scan the, your, uh, like the original shadow, like the original body for your mm-hmm. shadow to regenerate. And because she's right. like her human, her body that she's taking of Heine, like that girl died, you know, many hundreds of years ago and then the girl who they you know who was the daughter she you know has been dead for a while and so she keep on ha- she has to take the new body so that's why she keeps on changing forms because by mm-hmm. changing forms she can repair it but she's yeah. just carrying her information because that is uh, Heine becomes Shinpei but she doesn't get all of Shinpei's info right I, I it up. Yeah, I think I I think I get you. Um I maybe I spent too much time between the first and the second core. I hate using that term. Uh <laughs> I found myself Why? getting I don't know, it just felt like cuz it kind of came out of nowhere a few years ago and I felt like people used like we're just trying to sound more important to, for watching the next season of Bleach. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, Fair point. I I found myself not as engaged for the second half, and maybe well, I that's definitely just think that because I lost steam have, from. But the, the first, I think that the first episode of the series, way back when we first covered, like I think that's a really great introduction, and it really grabs you, and it yeah. you know it feels like it's unfolding. Whereas this point, like it's. We don't get as many jokes in the second half. Like it, it becomes a much more serious series. There's a lot less of like the quote unquote anime tax stuff that we could, we kind of like pointed out was weird and jarring. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. no more of the what color are your panties? I need oh. to know to stop time. Well, there's one <laughs> instance of that. Um, it was it's ridiculous. Uh, it's in episode 17. Ushio like v- is visiting, um, you know the the big boobed uh, author character. And she goes, I brought some shampoo for you. And then she goes, oh, we saw you in a past memory. And you just had, like, nothing. Look at how you've developed. Can I feel them? And just, I went, what the fuck? Because it was after five episodes of just unrelenting, like, action and screaming and, like, seriousness. And I went, like, what the fuck? And then it's gone. It was It's like a second. They remember that they were once a funny series or, like, trying to be (laughs) a funny series. (laughs) Good thing they forget again. It's better uh, when they're not. Just hold up. I know that the apocalypse is coming, but if we pointed out recently how big her knockers are, right. they're pretty big. Like, dang, girl got yams or whatever. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Like, it passes very quickly, but it's just like this weird, you're like, oh, like it feels like they don't understand the tone, maybe, of what they're doing. I did like how they made Ryanosuke a more participatory character, not just living through her. Mm. I thought that was an interesting element, right. like when he had his own dialogue and we could hear it. Right, yeah. I did also, <laughs> I love that he's still like 12, but he's a super fighter. 
I'm fine yeah. with it, but I just thought that was very funny. So, um, so, uh, they discovered that, you know, they can both have this time loop ability and then it starts this game of just, it's, I, I think what's so good about the series is how constantly it shifts the stakes and you really feel that one moment, like, Oh, uh, our characters, they have a good plan and mm. things are going really well. And it, it's a great series of just turning the tables and just going, nah, like shit's fucked. Yeah, and it also it also adds like the ticking clock of uh, his ability to turn back time has is becoming finite because of like the event horizon, and like every time he goes back, a little bit of that time starts to like disappear. They seem to keep moving the goalpost literally with that though, because I I swear there was more than one time where he's like, "This is going to be the last time I can do it." Well, they mean he means like the last time if, the, if it doesn't work right away. Like the longer if they if they if he kills himself and then he starts at the edge, like he can make back the time, but he has to survive for a long time. Got the, it. Like the instance that you're talking about, he had just come back and he was at the uh, or rather he had just they had been ahead for a while and then he had had to reset it once and then he instantly is just like, oh, you told me this new information. And that's important enough that I'm going to kill myself right now with this gun. And that's yeah. going to put us into the danger zone of just like no return if I fuck up. Like, so he, he has to, his YouTube has to buffer longer. Yes. <laughs> just has to uh, get ahead. What did you think about the, uh, I forget his name, the, the big armor guy. Oh, we learned, yeah. When we learned more about him, I kind of wasn't afraid of him anymore. I liked him when he was mysterious and, and you didn't really know his motivations. And when it's just like annoying human guy that wants to be alive forever, like, all right, I'm kind of over this. Well, I like the imagery associated with him. I think that yes, as the series goes on, I, I think it's kind of, maybe this wasn't apparent when we started, but as it goes on, it becomes much more apparent that we're watching some like, horrible cosmic horror story yes yes that's a better version of housing complex c is what it is holy crap it is wow (laughs) (laughs) i I think Uh, it really hit me there's an episode where we get uh it's i think it's what he's actually confronting human uh shide and he's mm -hmm. kind of at like recounting the story as far as they've been able to work out of the origins of Heine. right and we see this story of a whale washing up on the shore and Oh my god! Like it's not presented as if like it's like we're looking at a like what it's presented as if we're looking at like scrolls, right? With like right. traditional Japanese art, and you see the whale, and but you're you're hearing Shimpei like recount like what happened, and it's a firstly it's a really fucked up story. It is, yeah. That alien whale thing is a jerk. Just eating, literally eats a little girl and transforms into her, and then the the island begins to worship her and they worship her to this day, even though they Mm. don't probably understand the story that it's real. Well, and doesn't Shide like become de facto immortal? Cause he like keeps fucking his kid and putting his consciousness in them or some fucking nonsense. Yes. So like what is presented is that he is out here. He, he fucks Hiruko, which is the, the like cosmic, shadow mother god thing that exists and apparently when that happens you just get a perfect copy of 
himself and he just transports his memories to that new vessel. This brings new meaning to hit it and quit it. But I but even at the end, like that's a that's one well, of the no, great. He doesn't cut. quit it, he restarts it. He's, he's quitting his body. He's quitting that body. He's, he's, he's he's trans- no, but that's the great he's reveal, transferring right? the data. He's he's transferring it to a new PlayStation. You know, he likes video <laughs> games. Put, if your dick was a USB drive that carried all your memories, well, but his original still there. There's something like that's the I think one of the good like horror reveals because at the very end, you know, like because you know you start off and you think there's just one, and then you find out there's two, and you're thinking, oh right, because he has like the previous one, uh, you know, which is like what his you know like his conscience used to be in oh because they're coexist i was really confused by that i think i so yeah so there's two you think weed. there's two but uh, when he finally kills the final one you realize um that the original body is still alive and it's in some like hidden room deep dark and you can only see it like an outline it's it looks like it's something that belongs in dark souls honestly like, yeah it looks like presented. a mummy like i don't know that's dressed up like a shrine priest yeah, it looks like some hollow mummy of like like Noel just said. And yeah. when they finally kill that version uh, stuck in the other world, um, it's connected by a string, um, which actually looks like it's connected to Ushio. So it, that is a little confusing. It took me a little bit to be like, oh, that's not Ushio's string connecting her to the other world. That's that's like his consciousness. He's connected like an umbilic like an umbilical cord to right. himself. I don't know. Yeah. Like, those moments work for me. Right. Yeah. It was a good I show. Was... I think I need to read the manga. Yes. That, I'm you said interested. the opposite. No, I know. But now that I've, now that I have the context of the whole show. Okay. I think that I need to reread the manga and I think I will maybe understand because some of it, I, I think I was just watching it too fast and like missed a few cu- crucial points. Mm. But I also, I think I was watching it fast because I wanted to, be ready for the show and so i wasn't paying full attention i still really like it but it gets really weird and confusing at the end like they go to the majora's mask world and have to fight god or whatever i think it's a really interesting representation though of kind of another plane of reality because yeah i don't know do you guys remember the series uh gankutsuo i never saw it but yes well, that was like an early digipaint, but they had that idea. Do you remember how they uh, they had the idea of like fixed textures that people would move around in? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was really cool. That I remember it really stuck out. Um, but this is presented more like we are looking at a uh, immersion printing, but it's still in the water. And it hasn't like been implanted onto like a physical uh, onto something physical that will lock it in place. So it, it feels like this weird state of flux but it's very painterly and uh, I know it's re- it really makes a, a strong impression. It's like, it's one of the moments where I went, Oh shit. Like, cause it was on, I think on episode 23 where they visit that world. And I went like, Oh, they're going full cosmic horror here. Okay. Okay. And uh, very impressive. I like that. They double Ushio'd. I mean, not at the same time, but I, I, that was a fun twist for me when they're like, Oh, we can go meet her when she first shows up and we have her right. memories in this uh, seashell. Yeah. And then she comes back and she can merely a rage. Yeah. It was pretty dope. I, the only note I have is that I think that the last episode was a waste of my time. How oh, you didn't like the episode. <laughs> no, I liked I th- it. 
I I wish it would have just ended with the episode before it. I don't know. I mean, the last episode made sense after I finished it, but I remember getting to the end of whatever, 24, 23, and like, huh, what are we doing after this? They okay. they have to they have to render the summertime. That's that's all you know. Fair. You didn't love it when they rendered all that summertime. It Look, was great. They need a, more GPUs. See, see, I will say this. Uh, so there are two things that I was kind of like off about. Uh I wasn't entirely. I didn't entirely understand why it was such a big deal that she got killed in like that third loop when they confronted Shide, like the shadow Ushio. I mean, cause she was their Trump card, right? I mean, she's just right. so she's like the thing that is allow, like allowing them to keep parody. And that is a big, like, Oh damn. And it feels- right. But my whole thing with that was like, I, I don't understand why they didn't like immediately think like, Oh yeah, she's just going to show up in the next loop. Because just because they brought her back with them, it doesn't negate the one that was already there. Well, one, they don't know about the memory yet. Like that is a mm. that's a thing that is hinted at for a bit, but it's kept in their back pocket. Like that's a that's one of the mysteries they have to uncover. Okay. So it's like, okay, but you know, also they have to make it that far, right? And they're actively right. being hunted and so it's kind of like I, like even like, you know, even in terms of immediacy, it's like they're kind of focusing on the now. That's a thing that might happen in two days or like a day and a half or something. Okay. Another thing I was also like unsure about is like, why is Shinpei at the very end of episode 24? Why is Shinpei like so distraught at the fact that this shadow Ushio is, is going to disappear when like the real Ushio is going to very much be alive because since the whale never happened 300 years that. ago. Yeah. He might not know that yet. Cause it's like, yeah. Like when you go back, Ushio will be there. She just won't be able to do like guilty year combos. Did he go back with his memories though? I can't remember. So what happened is he had his memories, but he did not know why he had them. So it would be like, like he knew who that Hizuru was Nagamo Ryanosuke, but he didn't know why he knew that. Oh, okay. Yeah. And it seems like they might be fading, like as he kind of steps more into reality again, that they kind of sort of are fading, but then there's the like kind of sort of your name meet cute moment at the end where both he and yes. Yoshio say something that ha- like they say something that happened, I think on like the first loop. Which once again, a, like, isn't that something that happened with the shadow Ushio? So how would she know about that? It's a good question. Right. So one thing that they did in this that I, I really like, uh, this happens in ReZero as well, is the whole like, you're just going about your business and then you respawn and you're like, wait a minute. Who just killed me? What the fuck? Hmm. I love when time travel shows like this do that. It happens in ReZero in like, I don't know, the seventh or eighth episode. Where yes, that did happen in a, in summertime rendering. Yeah. yeah when it's like, I think shot. it's in the basketball uh, 
stadium stadium uh, they're, yeah, they're in the gym school, and they and get like sh- yeah. and you just see like a bright light it's like a dark it, the screen just shifts to this black screen with a like a pinprick of white light and he wakes up and he just goes what and then they have to piece it together i think because i think it's a, that's like the end of an episode i'm pretty sure like yeah. yeah he just he just wakes up and he goes like what i died and then the next episode, he has they have to do like mind scans and try to reconstruct the past so they don't fuck up a second time. So I think I've said pretty much everything I want to say. Is there anything else either of you want to mention? I know uh, Noel has a hard out that we have to respect for this podcast. No, oh, what, uh, oh. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, no, we're we're nowhere near it yet. Uh, but yeah, I've. I did enjoy this show. Uh, it it was kind of interesting finishing this uh, this week because I also finished reading the uh, the Tokyo Revengers manga. Oh, sick! Yeah, and I will say, like the the endings are kind of similar. Nice. I mean, they kind of always are with these stories. Yeah, and just I I won't say too much but like the the whole thing about like let's go back to the very beginning and get at the root of this shit is is very great i know a lot of people out there have been saying they didn't like that ending for tokyo avengers but that's just because they're all dweebs and they don't appreciate uh a good shit dweeb is nice because weeb's already in there yeah (laughs) how about you kyle i got two things i want to say real quick um one i don't know if you guys notice on there's a big climactic encounter uh in the school on episode 15 yes i actually love that episode but it's really unusual i don't know how much you notice but a lot of the show is actually like a stealth 3d model show Hmm, really yeah uh if you watch a lot of but it, it adds to this weird effect because I think that the characters are still for the most part drawn, but at times because the environment is perspective, correct, because it is a 3d environment, it makes the characters feel like I'm looking at a CG character. Hmm. Um, and it's not just that one scene, by the way, there are, there are scenes where they're next. I, uh, I think in episode 17 or 18, right before he kills himself and resets time, uh, he is sitting next to like a field of, green or some kind of growing plant and those are all 3d modeled too there's actually a lot of uh like mixed media in terms of 2d and you know hand-drawn and then cg but i, I have think to that watch it, again it pulls it off pretty convincingly so uh mm. this is one of the better examples i've seen although again in episode 15 there are definitely moments where i was like oh this feels like i might be looking at a bad cg model or mm. maybe it's just like a weird it's hard to tell what I'm looking at, but I know that the backgrounds are definitely CG. Okay. Another thing I I noticed, especially with the last episode that I thought was like really cool and interesting, is just like the the whole fact that Heine, Heine's reborn. She's reborn as Rianosuke's daughter, and I, I think that's really sweet. Yeah, everyone gets a nice happy ending. Right, you know? And especially because like there's that early part where it's like, if you blink and miss it, uh, the kids are talking about how it's going to be Heine's birthday soon. And I was like, wait, what? And then, yeah, you just see her like walk into the restaurant. God, I missed that. Yeah. I do need to rewatch this. I watched it too quick. <laughs> you just missed the entire ending. Look, 
All right. Uh, Maybe that's you why a, you felt like that episode was a waste of your time. It just made me think of hate and pain. I don't know. Kyle, <laughs> you said you had a few things. Did you say I, both of I'll them? I'll say the last thing right now. Um, it's the thing that I started to say, but then I realized we needed to at least cover what basically happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that there's actually a lot of small things and big things, which they're trying to say of like, oh, uh, like basically this timeline that we started in is the worst timeline. It's weird how little they emphasize it, but like you mentioned earlier about like Mio falling in love with Shinpei and how like that kind of goes nowhere. But like, I think that it's trying to say that the fact that she's in love with them is a tragedy in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Because as we find out, the only re- like the reason she fell in love with them is because, you know, he became like a part of the household and, but she never, she always saw him as, you know, like the boy who's living with us. Like she, she's close to him like a brother, but she never saw him as a brother. She saw him as a romantic possibility. Of course, one that was always like, could never be because of her sister Ushio, mm-hmm. but then Ushio dies. And now because he's had this close relationship and Ushio is no longer in the picture, she starts to go like, maybe that could happen for me. Oh, are they not actually brother and sister? Did no, I no, they're, not, they're not my blood. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Oh, so, so it's like but, porn. It's okay then. Yeah, yeah. Like, exactly. Uh, quote unquote, exactly. Um, oh yeah. Another thing is like his parents aren't dead in in this final episode. Yeah, but there's a the thing too. Like, like it, it, when you see that they're alive, it's not done. Like he's not. It's not one of those anime scenes where he starts crying. Like mom, dad, <laughs> dad you're bro. alive, and they're like, he's "What, like, son? You? We just saw you five minutes ago. Huh? Why am I crying? I knew pres- you guys were here." But yeah, it's very it's, low key. But like, I think yeah. that ultimately is why it works because when we go back and see the present, like now she's just a close friend, and she's like, "Oh, that's my like that's the boy that my sister loves." And now they don't have the relationship, and now it's kind of implied that she could maybe be in love with say the boy who loves her because now mm-hmm. she's not hung up on Shinpei. So I think that that's a, a way it's like, it's more subtle than I think a lot of other shows would deal with it, where mm-hmm. it would be much more in your face. Like someone would explicitly say it, yeah. but I think that that's like actually really nice and trusting of the, you know, creators to go like, Oh, they'll, they'll put this together. Yeah. And then, and then Nagamo like writes a novel called summertime rendering. And I had to stop and Google to make sure that the name of the actual manga wasn't Nagumo <laughs> Ryanosuke. <laughs> it was true all along. Based on a true story. Well, wow. no, just because I've seen that happen before, like with the the author of King's Game. Oh, my God. Who's like... Yeah, that is always a bit of groan-inducing, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, uh, God damn it. I'm, uh, I'm going to call that an episode. All right. It's Summertime Rendering. Very good anime. Uh, you have to pay attention, though. Yeah, I can't wait for wintertime rendering. There is a sequel manga. Is it called wintertime rendering? No, it's called like summertime rendering 2026. Okay. <laughs> Don't forget, this, there's a PS4 game. Just came out. Oh, oh really? Shit. Just this, in Japan, unfortunately. This has been the Gonzadamoe No Name Anime Show. Uh, we come out every other weekend. Kind of, probably. Uh, what are we going to talk about next time? I don't know. I've been watching How to Raise a Boring Girlfriend. That is going to come up. I've been watching Buddy Daddies. It's great. I also and I've been f- watching all of it. I also finished Island in a Puddle today, and I'll probably have finished Fire Punch. So uh, we got a lot of stuff that we could talk about. 
You can find more episodes at gonzo.moe. We're also on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. We're all on Twitter. All of our handles are on the website. Uh, fuck. I don't know. The news broom is next week. (laughs) I don't know how to do a podcast anymore. Uh, anything exciting? No. Anime Club. Keep an eye out for that. Probably... Uh, maybe not this Sunday, because that's tomorrow, but maybe this upcoming Sunday we'll do it. So, thank you for listening, thank you for watching, thank you for not sending us bombs in the mail. Yeah, don't do that. See you later, everybody.